Welcome to The Queer Bean, a podcast about the art and business and joy and struggles of creating a queer media empire. I'm Alicia. And I'm Christina. And each episode, we're going to dive into the process of creating awesome content for awesome queers. So this week, we are talking about what it means to be an ethical content creator and ethical filmmaker, especially when you are at the intersection of several things, like in our case, women, queer, and Mm -hmm. of color, which, as we've stated previously, is not something you get to see a lot on screen. So when you are taking that on as a responsibility, as far as depicting diverse characters on screen and showing diverse points of view how do you engage well even before I ask how do you engage with that what do you think for you what does ethical filmmaking even mean <laughs> sorry <laughs> I was <laughs> not ready <laughs> I was really Heavy hoping that you wouldn't ask that <laughs> I was thinking you would Christina, how was your day <laughs> <laughs> no 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 it's cool that's a nice little softball <laughs> what does ethics mean in, as a in, filmmaker mm-hmm. as a <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, it's going to be a great podcast. This is going to be a great it's be episode. Real raw. <laughs> no. Um I I to me I would think it means uh just uh <laughs> oh, man. This is going to be fucking brutal. <laughs> I'm going to be roasted. That's what's going to happen throughout this. What we're going to figure out is that I'm not ethical. <laughs> and then I mean, the big reveal. You have to Everyone know, you unsubscribes. Have to have you have to know. <laughs> you have to have your extremes so that right. we can meet in the middle. Would right. you like me to go first? Yes, I would love that. <laughs> I will tag off of that. <laughs> For me, um, ethical filmmaking just means sort of counteracting all of the bullshit that has happened before I got into the game. You know, all right. As That's far a good answer, as see, <laughs> see, this is why you were born to go first. Anyways, go on. Please. Which means the ways specifically in which women are depicted in screen, black women are depicted mm. in scre- on screen, and queer women and women of color as a whole. The way that we have been depicted by Hollywood as sort of cardboard cutouts and not given three-dimensional characteristics, not given agency in most stories that are told, um, being the, the sidekick. Um, the token. The token, the, the sassy black friend, the maid. <laughs> right, yes. You know, the. Yes. the for the a tag, stripper, for like a punchline, yeah. You know, the sex worker. And which is not to say, shout out to hustlers, that you can't have <laughs> a film about strippers or sex workers, but are you treating those characters as disposable? And right. like they aren't their own people who have. Uh, peaks and valleys and goals and failures and live the entire human experience right so ethical filmmaking for me means just doing right by 
the ways we have been exploited previously and trying to undo that that work in a lot of different ways that's a good Dear. one that's <laughs> no, i'm I've, <laughs> i mean i'm voting for you but yeah no i i yes see this is why i needed to go first um i can totally back that up um i feel very much the same um about that and characters of color characters who are queer i feel like even as an actor reading breakdowns that i would get uh for different characters it would always be like if it was a quote-unquote like the latina or something there would be very specific keywords and for most people of color the word sassy is always there Mm -hmm. yeah sassy (laughs) it it means something very specific and it's always there or like you know uh a lot of flavor (laughs) (laughs) yeah and you're like wait what um and it would it's funny because i feel like most of the character breakdowns would just be a series of adjectives (laughs) there wouldn't be like a lot of you know who is this person it would just be like spicy right she's a spicy you know hot girl who has a lot of flavor with her sass and you're like wait what what is that even what are you describing that's like people who have who don't have people of color in their lives right you know and they've only known the caricatures right yeah they only know what tv told them and so it just like perpetuates this stereotype over and over again I feel like slowly we are moving out of that especially I'd say for white women we are definitely slowly moving away from just the supportive girlfriend which is my one of my least favorite um, (laughs) one of my least favorite characters in all of film the the supportive (laughs) girlfriend Um, So I feel like white women are definitely starting to get the opportunity to move away from being just that and being a prop for the male's journey. And then the next step is, can women of color and then can queer women and queer women of color get those same opportunities to have characters who have agency? Yeah. I mean, it's rough. I feel like you you tend to not realize how much film, TV, media, everything you've watched growing up has an effect on you, mm-hmm. um, no matter how open-minded you are. I know that sometimes I'll be writing and there'll be a side character, uh, just uh, let's say like a waiter or a bartender, anything like that, right? That you're just, it, the character doesn't even have a line, but when you're describing them, a lot of times I'll be like, oh, it's a man, and it's this, this, and that. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Why is it a man to begin with? And I have to like sit down and think about why I picture certain characters a certain way. Right. And it's based on shows that I watch. Anytime I see like this B character is usually a guy, or this one's always a girl, or, you know, and, and it's little things like that that start embedding themselves into your brain and you have to question yourself constantly while you're writing if you want to do that justice i mean excuse me i remember reading this year i read this book i don't even i can't remember what it was but the, the author had not described the 
ethnicity or race of any of the characters and when she did the only the only way you got to know what someone looked like was because it was a pov character switch and they saw that person and they were engaging with you know what this person looked like and what setting the scene and so on and so forth and so every time she introduced a new character that way or not a new character but you got to find out what they look like they were a person of color and it blew my mind because personally as i had been reading it none of these people were black none of them because one the writer is white and right. so I naturally assumed that uh, I feel like two characters. things were at, were at work here. I naturally assumed that the, a white woman would be whiting would be whiting. Yes. <laughs> whiting is our new word. <laughs> yes, <laughs> word of the days. Whiting. whiting. <laughs> yes. Um, white characters, but there was also this unconscious path that I was following because of like you said the things that had been laid out before yeah because I had never read a book matter of fact now I remember what the book was it's a it's a fantasy book called um the priory and the orange tree the orange and the priory trees something like that and has like dragons in it and lesbians nice. and it's great and everybody's Perfect. brown um almost everybody's everyone's brown. gonna buy it right now <laughs> <laughs> And right now. <laughs> because one, I've only recently started reading fantasy books, but what I do know is most of the fantasy books are about white people. Yeah, that's true. And most, especially lesbian fiction, is like all about white women. Like you have to mm. really search hard to find books that focus on queer women of color and then like books that are actually good that focus on queer women yeah. of color it's it's not it's not easy and so my mind had already painted all of these characters as white and i'm like well damn what has hollywood done to me i've been corrupted <laughs> yeah i've been corrupted so you have to start undoing all of the damage damage that <laughs> yeah. pop culture has done where the lead is always white most likely blonde right. definitely straight Definitely. You know? I mean, so, we know she isn't, but... I'm I, I mean, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Not any project I'm doing, that's, that's for damn sure. But I wanted to talk about also not just ethical filmmaking as far as undoing sort of racial stereotypes, but specifically when women on film, this, a lot of times because men run Hollywood and mm. they act like they don't know women and understand them um, or don't. how like <laughs> how like they have no women in their lives or you know how a woman will go through a character journey they oftentimes introduce some sort of violence and specifically oh. sexual violence yes as a path to character <laughs> development yeah and it drives me bonkers it is one of the things I, like, I will immediately stop watching. As soon as some sort of um, sexual violence is introduced, I'm out. Yeah. I'm out. I'm closing the book, I'm turning the TV show off, or I'm not watching that movie anymore. How do you feel about that? Do you think that <clears throat> there is a place for that type of storytelling? And if there is, where is it? 
Mm. Oh, that was nowhere. (laughs) (laughs) I yeah, I'm not a fan of uh, violence against women, especially sexual violence on screen, Uh, especially the way that I feel like it's just becoming something that people are desensitized to. Right. Um, A lot of shows, especially period piece shows, would just love it. They just love it. They just love to be like, well, that's how time was back right. then. It's not like cool. I created this entire thing out of <laughs> right. robot. Like, I didn't just imagine this whole thing. Right. So I can't unimagine that part. Yeah. And, and, you know, people might disagree with me, but, you know, and especially in fantasy where it's like, okay, okay, wait a minute. You have dragons, <laughs> which weren't historically accurate. But sex violence, that, you got to keep that. Because if not, people will think you're a hack. Because, right. I mean, come on, the times were Shout very different. Shout out to Game of Thrones. Um. <laughs> I know. As I was, my thinly veiled uh, no, snark. No, nothing at all. Uh, I actually, yeah. I stopped watching. When they, so spoiler alert. For, <laughs> for like, one person out there. One person who hasn't watched Game of Thrones, turn, turn back now. Um, when, when I was thinking about this podcast and this topic, that's one of the things, the recent scenarios that I was really thinking about and that like really pissed me off when, I mean, look, there was quite a few rapes on Game of Thrones. It's a very rapey show. Rape of um, Thrones, yes. You know, so, well... Um, Don't hashtag that anybody, please. please Um, But when Sansa was raped, I stopped watching. I was like, and I'm out. Like, I can't, I can't do it. Now, I didn't stay away forever. So I have low willpower. And because everybody was talking about it, I felt like I was missing out. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. But I did. We are human. (laughs) I did keep track of it with my friends. And I'm like, hey, if they can get through this next season without raping anybody, then I'll watch. (laughs) Oh, my God, right? (laughs) Then I'll watch the next season. And that's what happened. (laughs) I was like, oh, did they make it? They made it? Okay, great. (laughs) You're like, yes, they're changing. (laughs) Uh, Not really. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. I, I mean, a lot of people I know, you know, they'll, they'll kind of be like, oh, yeah, this show has a lot of that. But, you know, yeah, but it's a great show. Mm. But, yeah, and I'm like, well, to me, I, I mean, what makes something a great show is I feel like it needs to be watchable. And I don't enjoy, I just don't enjoy watching uh that kind of I feel like it's an exploitation of women mm-hmm. in general to just have these moments that yes this does happen does happen all the time probably will happen to almost every woman and it's rough and it's real and it's an issue that we're dealing with as we speak not in historic times so right. the fact that we're just kind of like also making it a norm of like yeah this stuff happened but women you know they're gonna get stronger and they'll but get over it point, yeah right yeah. that's why they introduce that that's why they introduce violence and in particular sexual violence because they right. don't know how to write a female character who yeah. has a character arc and right. who has a journey like men get to like have goals and epic journeys and try to achieve things and no one has to um on screen no one has to uh 
rape them in order yeah. for them to learn about themselves yeah. and to become yeah. stronger. You know, right. they get to they get to have other types of of uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Conflict. Um, yeah. They get to have other types obstacles. of journeys. Thank yeah. you, obstacles laid out for, for sure. them. But a lot of a lot of times, that's what women get. Yeah. You know, that is something that I'm really keen on changing, and may I have made a promise to myself not to depict. Uh, sexual violence against men, women, you know, however, however the character identifies, you know, there's no place for sexual violence in any of my work. But uh, that is not to say, you know, we are artists. Yeah. Ostensibly, everyone who's trying to do this is some kind of artist. Mm -hmm. I don't believe it means that it can never happen. Right. You know? Yeah. But it's just, it cannot be the go-to. Right, right. I mean, right, and it often is. And I think, like with anything, it's the same way how you can feel when a character is a stereotype and when a character is an actual full character. You can feel when something's a trope and when it isn't. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like if there's, if sexual violence is part of an actual story, that it's more than just a last minute thing thrown in for a conflict or a cliffhanger or it's it's not really how they grow, but it's a circumstance that's being shared for a, a larger reason. Mm-hmm. I'm all for it. Um, yeah, I just don't like the way, just in general, I feel like there's a lot of desensitizing out there with violence in general. Yeah. Against, where we're just kind of like, yeah, no, that really sucks, but oh well, next. <laughs> I want to talk about the flip side of what we were speaking about, which is the depiction of violence and in particular sexual violence mm-hmm. on screen. And the flip side of that, I think, and is deeply for me a part of being an ethical filmmaker is showing what consent looks like oh, on right, screen. Yeah. Because I don't think for as much as we show the other stuff, so rarely do you get to see what consent actually looks like and feels like because people have so many different ideas of what it is and the different ways that no can can sound and look and what the appropriate response is and people learn from watching television they learn they do watching film and that's where a lot of people take their cues from in a lot of situations about how to behave sometimes as far as you know social interactions are concerned so if you don't get to see what consent looks like you know you don't necessarily understand how to mirror that in your own life yeah I mean I feel like looking back every time I watch older television shows not even that much older just from maybe 10 years ago or five um male characters especially there was just it's always taught a lot of like a girl doesn't know what she wants until you kiss her you know like Mm -hmm. there's this like idea that's put out there a lot of like just just kiss the person like and then that that's how you'll know or like that's what you're supposed to do right never talk about something 
Like, there's actually a lot of shaming in shows always. Like, you'll kill the mood if you talk. Always just go for it. And looking at it now, like, years later and thinking about everything with consent involved and all that, it's, I mean, how harmful is that? Yeah, because it's never, well, there's a lot of the toxic masculinity, too, that's built in there of, like, you know into everything right right boys don't share their feelings like you're a sissy if you cry like all those things are in all of these same shows embedded but there's a whole embedding that romance means you don't talk about it you don't ask permission because that kills the mood right and i feel like right yeah and i mean when i picture that it's tricky because again we talk about what's embedded into your brain and you know, there's a lot of times when I'm thinking of something romantic, and I I do see the the just going for it, and then I'm like, but wait, was enough talked about? And I'm just, and I find myself in an ethical quandary of not knowing how much is enough to write in. I feel so. I I brought this up with a very specific thing in mind. Earlier this year, I saw an episode of this show called Easy, and it's on Netflix. And have you have you seen the episode with Sophia Bush? Yes. Yes, I have. I think every... <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't know of a queer woman who has not. I have heard of the episode via, like any queer woman or who I've ever pseudo met it's like oh hey so speaking of TV have you ever watched the episode with Sophia Bush on Easy like just randomly thrown in there so I, I'm I pretty sure I've never yes. seen that show until that episode oh, nobody like, has no. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not like they didn't have queer women even queer women of I know, color on that but show but Sophia Bush is a different story but for many <laughs> I mean Twitter was in a full on meltdown <laughs> yes, was, many I people heard, were. Like, oh, Sophia Bush is on this show, and I was like, really? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I must watch it. I was like, I have been waiting for Sophia Bush to play gay for like twenty years. Like, little gay me watching One Tree Hill has been waiting for this moment for my yes. entire adult life, and I think that's how a lot of women felt. Oh and yeah, then we rushed to go watch. My girlfriend included. <laughs> yes. I think she was Stop working everything. and I texted her. I was like, I'm watching this episode and you'd never believe who's gay in it. <laughs> Melissa was like, what? I'm almost home. Like, wait. <laughs> like, Everything is like, canceled. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, wait, ba- it, I could pause it. <laughs> It'll it's be fine. We could start it again. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, we could restart it. Jeez. It's the power, it's the power of Sophia Bush. So, right. But something that happens in this episode is she goes on a date with this character. I don't know any of these people's names. I'm not going to pretend like I do. All it's I know okay. is Sophia Bush. So she goes on yeah. a character. She goes on a date with this woman. And yeah. they've been like flirting. Um, and first of all, Sophia Bush was her boss, right? Mm-hmm. Already, it's a problem. Because right. the... Power dynamics power dynamic. are skewed. Um, mm-hmm. So that's the first issue. But so what happens though is that they don't go on a date until the woman stops working for 
for Sophia Bush. I don't know there why you I have to say her full name each time. <laughs> because um, that's how we do it. <laughs> if not, she won't appear <laughs> if you don't say her full name. No. <laughs> so, because the woman was a, fl- a freelancer, I guess. Yeah. And so the job is over. And she's like, thank God this job is over. Now I can ask you out on this date. So they go on this. First of all, one, you're mirroring something excellent, which is don't ask your employees out. It's super inappropriate. Don't do that. So they're mirroring (laughs) something great there. They go on this date. They have a wonderful time. They go back to Sophia Bush's apartment and they start to make out. And then things are getting really intense. And the other characters, um, girlfriend, -girlfriend ex-girlfriend, who is... I don't like her. Even that one episode, I, I was know. really mad at her. I didn't like <laughs> I didn't anything like she her did in either. that episode. <laughs> <laughs> so <Same>. manipulative. Um, <laughs> yeah. So she texts her like all this nonsense. I want to get back together, whatever the hell. Because right. she knew mm. that Sophia Bush was in the picture. She didn't know it was Sophia Bush, but she knew something. I know. If she knew it was if Sophia she Bush. Knew. Jesus. <laughs> so. You know, the the other woman, she keeps trying to, you know, keep the night going, and then Mm -hmm. she stops, and she says, you know, I'm sorry, I just got this text, and my my attention is diverted, and Sophia Bush's character stops immediately. Yeah. The woman didn't have to ask her to stop. She didn't have to make her case. She didn't have to... Um, apologize even though she tried to apologize right, yeah. and Sophia Bush was like you don't that's unnecessary you just tell me what you need you know yeah. what do you need in this moment and there was no pressure at all and Sophia it was, Bush is good that way she, you know she is um, <laughs> our friend our, our, our friend, friend Sophia friend Bush of the podcast uh, <laughs> Sophia Bush um, <laughs> who incidentally just started a podcast called work in progress Um, oh cute (laughs) (laughs) once again twitter was we're all connected to sophia bush i was like hey everybody (laughs) sophia bush started a podcast and it was just like a bunch of gay women subscribe (laughs) (laughs) yeah man shit but what was mirrored in that moment was hey sometimes no looks like this Right. Right. And that's something that you rarely, I feel like I had never seen a moment on television like that where where the female character hesitated because her her she was distracted and the other character stopped immediately and didn't try to convince her to continue. Right. And yeah, didn't yeah, try yeah, to yeah. be like, okay, well, you know, once you deal with that, we can continue where we left off or try to turn the hesitation into a yes. Or try right. to turn no into a yes. Or tons of apologies. God, right. the apologies right. all the time. Like you have to feel really bad that you let that person down. Right. That's like embedded into my brain. It's not. It is. It's a lie. It is I know. a lie. And I'm just you... realizing that right now. <laughs> <laughs> like this you don't have to has say you're to sorry. Us. Why does everyone no always is say they're sorry? Yeah. To you, 
Yeah. Right? This is a sidebar. No one is. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. This is, I'm having a moment. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> no one is entitled to you, your body, your mind, your spirit, any of that. And you don't have to apologize for not giving it to that person. Right. Whoa. No, because we're only, sorry. I'm just, I just literally had that emoji of the uh, exploding brain. That's me right now. Because just like how in every show we're made to believe that the guy, girl, whoever is being like let down, quote unquote, is such a good person if they like allow you to Mm. back out of it. There's always this feeling of like, man, what a good guy when they're like, it's fine. And they're like, what a stand up. Like, damn. I know. We're like, wow, he put his boner away. Like, for her. (laughs) Jeez, like, what a bitch. (laughs) Like, Lori, really? No. I mean, and it's weird because we are meant to think, like, that's what makes that character such a good person is that they stopped. When, wait a minute. (laughs) What? What is that? They're supposed to. Everyone is supposed to stop if someone does not want to continue. It doesn't make you a hero. It just makes you uh accepting yeah like yeah what you're supposed to be doing like it makes you not a criminal (laughs) is what it makes you like right i know and we're all like oh my god what a romantic (laughs) he's gonna wait like what (laughs) yikes but that's why it's important that that scene exists and i wish that scene existed in right. a more heteronormative yeah. space because most women understand that amongst each other, right? Right. But men and women, a lot of the times, men don't understand that you're, like you said, you're not, you don't get brownie points for stopping. Yeah. And yeah. women, a lot of times, like we've just learned just now, feel don't understand that you don't have to feel bad yeah about stopping yeah it's your right to do so and you don't have to explain yourself to anybody and as content creators yeah it's our responsibility to create art and to tell good stories but i also think you can elevate your art by telling stories that serve a greater purpose as far as how we interact with one another as humans. Like, it's not just, oh, I'm gonna write a story about what what love is. You know, that's every story, right? Right. Can Can you also write a story about the complicated things that we don't talk about? Yeah. Right, the the messy things that people will have really contentious um, conversations about even within their own families even within their own friend groups yeah. as far as what different things mean are you willing to take that on as a filmmaker I mean it's a heavy it's a heavy thing but I think it's worthy right. not like you get brownie points for doing it it's not that but I think I think if you want to be the fullest version of yourself as um, as an artist, maybe that's something to consider. Right. Speaking of Sophia Bush, that actually brings up something that I wonder where what your thoughts are on uh, casting straight women to play queer women. 
listen now i know hot topic (laughs) i know it is i know it is and now also as i said that i'm like i also don't want to state sophia bush's sexuality with such uh confidence because i don't know and that's her own personal thing but let's just assume yeah by what she has alluded to the world (laughs) what are your thoughts on straight women playing gay or queer roles oh yeah this is a this is a hot (laughs) hot topic um now i got you with a tough question (laughs) i'm i think it i'm I'm all for it uh which i feel i am in the minority i think you are no no please I, i think i'm in the minority for this but I remember when we were at I want to preface this by saying when we were at that um, conference that YouTube, YouTube? conference mm-hmm. right and we did that they had the casting panel and they had right. four casting directors and they were hyped hyped oh yeah about they were really happy to be there casting. <laughs> they were they were happy yeah. to be there and these were like big time casting directors yeah. or so I'm told um because I don't know anything about about casting yeah, end, directors. End of and the stuff day, like we that. don't really know who they were. But. I mean, I know one of them was <laughs> the um, head of casting for Freeform, which oh, right, I yeah. loved that network. And one of them was the president of the casting society association, however they define themselves. And then one of them <laughs> was, uh, a, according to according to our friend Jory, like a huge, big, big time casting director like you would yes, be blessed to get I would an trust audience Jory. with her and then the other guy I think was like an up and coming sort of guy Yeah. so but the four of them were really jazzed about inclusive casting and casting people for um, the appropriate roles right. you know so if you have a differently abled actor or if you have a differently abled character cast a differently abled actor for that right. role but there was some dissension among them where the guy who was the president of the casting society slash association was like, you know, we have to let actors act at the end of the day also. And Mm -hmm. I think what this conversation really comes down to is that queer people specifically don't get to be the stars of big blockbusters as straight people yeah right so the opportunities are not equal and the argument is if the opportunities are not equal if i'm a queer actor and i'm not going to be in the next huge jennifer lawrence blockbuster playing whatever you know straight character she's playing if i can't do that then at least let me have the queer roles right right? don't come into my pond you have the whole ocean don't come into my pond and take these roles from me but i feel like that's a bit reductive i feel like we should be working toward getting those roles yeah i want to see equity i want to see roles being cast and this is very specific i feel to um sexual orientation right i want to see 
roles being cast regardless of sexual orientation. I want to see a gay man be in a huge action blockbuster. Right. As the star, not some funny friend. You know, and playing a straight character. And nobody gives a damn. That's what I want to see. And I feel like if we start from now holding ourselves back and putting these barriers around us like no let me i'm the only one you know my group is the only group that can have these roles because i can't get yours then how do we get those right if we're not actively moving toward it now i feel differently about trans race Oh. I do. I feel differently about trans roles. I think that it is extremely important for trans, <clears throat> excuse me, for trans uh, actors to play trans, trans roles. roles. One, because you so very rarely see trans True. characters, period. Yeah. So it's not even a matter of, you know, yes, you do have, sh- you know, um, cisgendered actors playing trans roles you know they'll they'll like come and pick up a trans role get a quick oscar and and run away you know and then go back to their big blockbusters and make all that money for doing it i just think i think it's different and i don't know if i can fully articulate why it's different for me Mm. at this stage but i feel differently about trans roles versus um you know lesbian gay bi etc folks I don't know. Right. What do you think? I mean, when I'm so right now, uh, we're in the middle of casting Out in Love for the pilot. And I have um, I've received some a few uh, casting messages from a couple actors that were interested. And then they rescinded their interest because they told me that they identify as straight mm-hmm. and that they don't want to take away this role mm-hmm. from a great LGBTQ actor or yeah. actress. And I I was I was surprised when I got those messages cuz I haven't experienced that yet before. And I didn't know my first instincts was like, oh, maybe they just don't want to play a gay character. But that's the cynic in me where I'm just like, oh, expecting the worst out of people. But um, which and it could still be true that they didn't want to play that character or that they are just trying to make what they believe is an ethical choice. Mm Because I do know a lot of people I, I don't I'm I'm somewhere in between. I do feel like they're. I understand the need to, while we're in a situation where there is no equity and we're not being represented very often, and when we are, a straight person gets cast in the role. I, I can mm-hmm. see the frustration behind that. Um, yeah, just sure. because Because of the fact that there are, it does feel lazy. It does just feel like they're not looking at a bigger casting pool. But here's the thing. I feel that way about everything in Hollywood. Right. The same roles are being played by the same people right. constantly. And I think it's a bigger problem than just LGBT. I, I think it's just it, the whole system. It's I mean, the board. Right. There well, are, who are so, the gatekeepers? 
right? Exactly. And I right. think that's what they that's something that they were talking about during that casting panel is that they as the gatekeepers have to be aware that there is right. a problem here. Yeah. Because if you are a director and you have, you know, you're like, okay, I want to you hire a casting director mm-hmm. and you're telling them, you know, this is the character, whatever, and here's the type of person that they bring you, right? Who are they allowing to get into the room in the first place? So when the casting directors have to be more aware that there's an issue and how do they course correct that? And then also, um, as they mentioned in that panel, they have to also work with directors and producers to open their eyes as far as who a character could, could be. be. It doesn't yeah. always have to be the cisgendered Caucasian person. Right. Right. But I think for me, when on, on, on the level that I am right now creating, I prefer to cast um, queer people because right. Same. it's important for me to build a community. Right. Yeah, and for us up. to rise together, right? But if you are making a million dollar, $10 million, $100 million project, and you have the power, there's nobody telling you what to do. Yeah. You get to make, you get to make the choices. Like, I'm not paying anybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you yeah. get to, you have the power to totally change someone's life. Yeah. Are you going to, go outside of yourself go outside of what you think you know is the the right path or right. this is how we've always done it and it's right should, i'm just going to keep doing it that way are you going to challenge yourself to make a different to make a different choice well i mean i was talking to a friend about this and kind of explaining how i wanted to cast a queer or queer identifying actress um as this other lead in the pilot and she's like, well, you know, don't, um, I don't think that it should have to be about that. She believed like, well, it should just be the best person should get the role. Like it should just be whoever's the best person for it. And I do agree with that, mm-hmm. but I just feel like there's a mentality of the people we see in these movies, uh, on these TV shows, these big budget films, that they were the best person, but were they or I mean what pool are they right that's what I'm saying like question if you're only choosing from a small pool that all look the same yeah that was the best person out of like those 10 white girls like I mean but it doesn't mean it's the best actress for that role it's just the searches are not no one's casting a wide enough net because no one really cares to when they've been doing the system this way again it's how you see the same people and everything right. it's kind of in from a business perspective when uh, people who do numbers just want to see the same numbers and are not typically risk takers it's typically like okay what sells let's say all right we know just because we used her before we know Jennifer Lawrence right. can yeah. open a film can we talk, right. let's talk about her yeah that's yeah. A, that's an a, a appropriate uh, actor yes. to bring into this discussion yes because I feel like you know like, like I've mentioned previously she wants to play everything she wants to play trees she wants to play Asians <laughs> she wants to play trans people she wants she she wants the world and mm. she is really um 
sipping the Kool-Aid of her privilege <laughs> and yeah. d- like doesn't understand the place of power that she comes from to be saying that. And I think that's where the difference is. Yeah. Right? If you are at our level and you are you're just trying to you're you're barely trying to make a anything. Yeah. Five minutes, ten minutes, something like right. that. You don't have you don't have the power. All you have is your idea and you have people who are willing you know, to either work with you and donate their time and maybe get some money later or maybe you can crowdfund and get some money and the the um, the potential for success, success, the potential for success is really low. Right. Right. So we're in a small, small pond trying to make it happen. Yeah. If you have the entire world at your feet and you're like, I already have the pie but i want some of your pie also i know that's what they're saying and i feel like that's where that's where the significant imbalance comes from because there's enough success for everyone talking around in circles and it makes sense no it's a complicated issue it is but i feel like in general understanding that there's in this industry there is enough success to go around Mm. There's, it doesn't have to be like what quote unquote making it is, is now you get to be the face of all television and film for the next two years until we find someone else we like better. Like it doesn't have to be that rhythm. I feel like there's so many talented people out there of all colors and shapes and sizes who have something to bring to maybe give characters more life and different Mm -hmm. perspectives too because we also see a lot of the same characters being written all the time where and that's 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 also boring the people in power all look the same and (laughs) they write and produce the stories that reflect their life right and they have to think outside of themselves in order to do something differently so ideally you want everyone to be invited to the audition you yeah. know everyone gets an opportunity and the best person gets the job gets the job right i that's what we want so then the question is how do we get there without limiting ourselves and that's the issue that i have where you have you know i can't even say big budget they're not even that many big budget projects right with queer women in particular you know what i mean it's already yeah what are we even really talking like what is the what are the huge roles that we're even fighting fighting for for? that role uneasy (laughs) can we get listen you're not gonna take sophia bush away from me playing this character and that's really what it comes down to right i agree (laughs) because i don't want to miss out on that moment if we say only only I think we deserve a that queer <laughs> person could play that role, then we wouldn't have this. And it was yeah. phenomenal. God's and I'm glad yeah. I got that. You know, yeah. so where is the balance between we we want to share in the spoils. Right. But you know, how do we get We don't want to limit we don't want to limit either, ourselves. Yeah. So how do you not limit yourself? Like this is mine. Only right. me and mine can play this particular thing and so does that is the opposite true then 
Right. That's the, that's my fear. Does the yeah. opposite then become but true? Then it's like you can't play this straight role and take it away from straight people. It's exactly. Like, exactly. <laughs> I mean, let's not even get into the people who are when we talk about like whitewashing and stuff. Because mm. I think that's a, no. Let's get into it. I think that's, <laughs> <laughs> you're like let's not even. Here we go. <laughs> I think Love that's it. a totally different. I think that's a totally different thing. Right. You know, it is. If a character is black or Asian or Latino, Latina, Latinx, I don't know which one is the... I some people know. have issues with, you know, with Latinx. So I don't know which one to use. Um, Same. <laughs> you, don't, you don't even know which one to use. See, this is, this is what I'm saying. <laughs> it really is. I was hoping you would give me some insight. Oh, God. I was hoping you would give me insight into my... Yeah. That way I know what to refer to myself as. It would be great. <laughs> we'll we'll work on that for you know we've got all yeah. these episodes banked for future, <laughs> for future topics. Who am I? <laughs> <laughs> dot dot dot. That's a title. Episode twenty one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I just I feel differently when it comes to uh, when it comes to race. Yes, like same. You can't. And people are like, well, a lot. Like for instance. Let's take the Little Mermaid for example. Yes, please. And they just cast a, a black Ariel. Oh my god! And people were like, "No, you can't do that! How dare you? You're ruining my childhood. Mm. Ariel is white, <laughs> and she's a redhead. And how dare you cast a black girl to play her?" And I'm like, "Ariel is a mermaid." Yes. Like, <laughs> Thank you. Thank First you. First of all, Ariel is a mermaid. Um, uh, and then they'll be like, well, how would you feel if, um, how would you feel if we made the Black Panther white? And I'm like, the difference is the Black Panther's <laughs> race is integral to the character. Yeah. That's why you can't change the race. What you know, the fuck? like you're not gonna if if you if the person's race is integral to who they are and it, it is Wakanda is now Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys, like, here we no, go. We're gonna have Brad Pitt actually <laughs> right. play um, T'Challa. <laughs> <laughs> fuck that, <laughs> Jesus! Like you can't. It's not the same. It is not the yeah. same thing. You know, whereas yeah. a mermaid is also. A creature. <laughs> People mermaid are really is, intense about. I know, and then they're all mermaids. like, "Well, it's Nordic and in mythology, so the whites <laughs> of Norway, like, like everyone gets really fucking like hype." I about, saw somebody talking about it's ginger erasure. <laughs> oh my god! Are you kidding me? That's the best thing I've ever read. That is amazing. Like, I want to meet that like, person. It's ginger erasure. What? What? <laughs> she doesn't even know what she's saying. Oh, Jesus. poor gingers, you know, going through the world, getting I know, eliminated like, out there. It's, it's tough. It's really tough. But that is almost every argument I read is like, well, no, but see, mermaids are part of, from the, like, uh... Scandinavian part of the world and there everyone's white (laughs) and it's like what sure what they weren't really there (laughs) it's not real 
It's not They're real. Not ga- yeah, and so wait, why was the crab Jamaican? Like nobody's <laughs> explaining any of this Ooh. then. Come on Let's now. See what happens with the crab in the remake. Fuck, man. If they better cast someone who is actually <laughs> Caribbean. Right. And not putting on like a horrible horrifying fake accent yeah because like what ocean was this that ariel is like a scandinavian mermaid and her crab friends all the way from jamaica like where are they where in which i know yeah come on i mean something that really stuck with me from that panel is one of the um one of the casting directors mentioned it's it's really important for other casting directors this is what they're trying to to instill in other casting directors you don't need to hire necessarily every single time someone who fits the role to a T because at the end of the day actors are actors and they deserve to be able to act Right. Yeah. Yeah. But are you seeing the full amount, the full breadth of people? Are you yeah. are you allowing everyone to take part in the experience? Are you removing your own personal bias, your own unconscious bias, to see people from different walks of life and allow yeah. them in the room? And how can you set up your room so that you know who is missing? who didn't get invited to audition. Yeah. You know, if you have a character that isn't uh, differently abled, does that mean that a differently abled person can't, actor can't play that right. role? You know, if they're not, if, they, if they're an, um, an actor with a mobility, uh, with a mobility issue, yeah. okay, maybe they're not, you know, gonna be playing Mission Impossible, but if it's something <laughs> else, it's just like a drama, why right. can't, Why can't they be in why that? Why can't yeah. they be in that? That's where we want to get. So, and something that she mentioned was when you look out at the room and you set your office up for casting, do you have a stand there for, you know, in case you have an actor who, you know, can't hold the script? Right. You know, do you have that place set up in your room? Do you have a place for a mobility aid in your room? And when you're doing your auditions and you see that those spaces are not filled, then you know that you didn't do your job by yeah. inviting everyone and giving everyone an equal opportunity at this yeah. character. And I think that's the path forward. We have to start with the gatekeepers yeah, and work our way down until one of us blows up and we get like super huge and we're making right. um, Transformers and- films and then we can cast <laughs> all the queer people and see and it's not about like tokens or free rides Mm. it's not about like oh let's include as many people as possible that way like everyone will chill out and be happy like no i hate the implication that there aren't talented people of all kinds the world is too big of a palette for the what we actually see reflected on television it doesn't make any sense if you really think about how many how many different cultures there are how many just the stories that we're telling are even still one-dimensional even when we do have a latinx character it's pretty one-dimensional as well um and and there's so much misinformation out there and i feel like if there would be more 
characters reflecting what our world actually looks like, you know, maybe we wouldn't have to fight all the time. Mm. <laughs> Sorry. There was my little <laughs> my little save Let the world moment. <laughs> I really I really do believe that though. Yeah, we I just, all just get along. Yeah. Or I at saw... least respect each other. Well. Let's yeah, start well, there. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's start. With, let's start there. Yeah. I saw um, Hustlers this weekend. Highly recommend it. Ooh, I haven't seen it yet. And it's excellent. And I would like to give a shout out to Jennifer Lopez and Jennifer Lopez's body. <laughs> um, Two separate entities. <laughs> because uh, I, I don't know if she's. I know she's at least fifty. I don't know if she's over fifty. But I know we'll she's never at know. least 50. And I was just in awe of her body. Like, I I don't know that she's human. Like, oh, she definitely is not. She <laughs> might not be of and she Earth. is immortal. <laughs> Something's going on there. I mean, she just looked completely amazing. But so I was reading about the, the movie today, and I did not know that there was a trans... Um, woman in Whoa. that movie, really playing one of the strippers, and she was Hell on yeah. um, Transparent, which I never watched because I just it's like, I mean, if, I I don't watch stuff about whiny white people, but that <laughs> is neither here nor there. <laughs> I tried, I did try, um, but I just could not. I couldn't get into it. But apparently she was on that show, and apparently she was the first, let me see if I get this right, she was the first trans woman to play a non-trans character on wow. primetime television. Sure. And I'm like, yes, she's in this movie, and I had no idea that she was, that she is a trans woman. And what wow. I mean by that is that there was no announcement she's not trans in the movie it's not right. a, a part of you know the central part of her character or any part of her character she's just another stripper being a bad bitch being a badass bitch mm -hmm. in this movie and it was amazing and when i found out after the fact that she is a trans woman i was like yes this is what i want for us this is what i want for every to, to get to a place where everybody can be everybody can have the opportunity to be in the room and everybody can yes can just act but we're not right without it being yet. like yeah without it being like a token label or something right. about them they're just playing a character like everybody else right and since we're not there yet we're, we have to take these other steps to sort of right. inch our way to equity when it mm -hmm. comes to these roles. And I guess, you know, sometimes that's going to mean, um, you know, hey, you know, Scarlett Johansson, you can't play everything. And right. sometimes it's going to mean, you know, we have to cast a queer person to play a queer role. And yeah. I'm not, like I said, I, I, I am fine with straight people playing queer people. Um, on screen, but I understand yeah. the, the people who aren't fine with that. Yeah. You know, I just think it's it's all complicated. We're, <laughs> we're, we're gonna get there eventually, hopefully. 
maybe yeah one script at a time (laughs) one script at a time i think that's a good place to end this epically long um this very special queer bean (laughs) the longest one today next week's will be two hours Um, (laughs) no don't go away no (laughs) bring some water uh, some libations whatever to help you get through uh christina where can the people find you uh, you can find me at Christina Pupo. That's Christina with a K. Pupo is P-U-P-O. Um, and that's anywhere you look. And you can find me at Elishia the Great. E-L-I-S-H-I-A. That's anywhere and everywhere you'd want to find me. That's also where this podcast lives. And, you know, do us a favor. If you haven't already, you know, subscribe on Apple Podcasts yeah, or wherever you on. listen. You know, leave a review. Tell us you love us. We will love you forever if you do. Uh, Everybody, have a good week. Bye. Yeah, bye. Bye.